0: The relationship between demography and climate change is both complex and dynamic. Population factors influence climate change, which in turn influences population factors, and so on. In this episode of our Green Deal podcast, Euronet Plus Network journalists look at two areas of particular relevance to Europe. The interaction between climate and population age and the issue of migration. And let's start with the age dimension. It is common knowledge that Europe has an aging population with a higher proportion of people aged 65 and over. On average, older people produce more emissions than younger people. A higher proportion of their emissions relates to carbon-intensive consumer products, and they are less likely to make the switch to more environmentally friendly models, says a study from JRC. This point is underscored by Alessandro Rosina, Professor of Demography and Social Statistics at the Catholic University of Milan, in a conversation with Giulia Cagnizzaro, my colleague at Radio 24
1: Il Sole.
2: There are consumption patterns that derive from behaviours and lifestyles of the past formed within a consumerist society, the one that developed in the 50s and the 60s during a century when the most important thing was the quantity of production and consumption. So people born and raised back then tend to shift their style of consumption less easily and so have a bigger impact on the environment. By contrast, younger people are more aware of this issue and pay greater attention to the nature of their own consumption. The younger generations have made it a sort of generational identity because it affects this century and they're thinking more qualitatively than quantitatively. However, it all still depends on the personal sensibilities of each individual.
0: Another dimension is that this baby boom generation is among those most directly affected by climate change and extreme weather events as they suffer from heat stress and the deterioration in air quality caused by climate change. Yet, despite their enhanced vulnerability, they are less generally supportive of policies to combat climate change than their younger compatriots. Even those who are aware of the green transition find it hard to comply. The large size of this demographic group will clearly have an impact on support for and the effectiveness of climate policies in the various member states. So the question is, How do we get the baby boomers on board? Of course, not everything older people do is environmentally harmful. In fact, some of the behaviors they learned in the post war period would stand us in good stead today. We're
1: currently collecting data for Bulgaria on what different generations' attitudes are towards nutrition and eating habits. You could say that older people here in Bulgaria are much more careful about resources and the conservation of those resources. Younger people tend to eat fast foods and do not pay as much attention to the
0: amount of food they waste and therefore the ecological footprint. That was Nina Tipova from the University of National and World Economy in Sofia. She was speaking to Antoinetta Petrichanska at the Bulgarian National Radio. Yes, agrees Katja Batnagar, from Slovenia's Anton Terstenjak Institute of Gerontology and Intergenerational Relations. Each generation has something to teach the others. This
1: exchange of experiences can be very beautiful, because the elderly can share a lot from their experiences, such as how it was possible to live sustainably in their time, when certain things did not yet exist. At the same time, younger generations can show them how to be sustainable today. This exchange of experiences can therefore be very balanced. They can
0: really learn a lot from each other. A little further north, Inga Labutitie a Lithuanian communication specialist, concurs. And she adds that change is often held back by the widely held belief that all the people's attitudes and habits are set in stone. This assumption has led to a lack of appropriate climate change education initiatives for this group, including at the European level. My colleagues and I have also been discussing why, for example, all
1: the programs are aimed at young people. Take the various European Commission initiatives that you can take part in. Well, they never say, seniors, let's go to a camp somewhere in Bulgaria. There's this idea that you can't change an older
0: person's habits and attitudes. However, anecdotal evidence suggests that the more generation is aware of climate change and its impact... The more likely they are to support climate policies. For policymakers, this means developing communication and awareness raising campaigns, specifically tailored to this demographic group, since such campaigns can play a crucial role in shaping opinions. In fact, Professor Rossina, who we heard from earlier, notes that Italy's baby boomers are already beginning to adapt to the climate transition.
2: Anche generazioni mature tendono comunque
0: even members of the older generation
2: have begun to understand that their choices make a difference. They are ever-increasing in number and their choices, in terms of both quality and quantity of consumption, tend to steer collective choices. Seniors' focus on this issue is increasing and their political and market choices, given their electoral weight, are shifting and steering the kind of products that are in demand. Awareness is growing. We can see this in the data, too. And this could really have a big impact on sustainable development, even among these older age groups.
0: Any inclusive approach to climate policy in Europe must recognise and take into account the unique challenges faced by older people. By including targeted support for this group in climate change mitigation policies, for example, Europe is more likely to be able to work towards a sustainable future that benefits all members of society regardless of age. And this will also kill two birds with one stone, as it will ensure that more people support its climate strategy. But to reach this community, we need well-conceived educational programs and community engagement initiatives, One method that has been found to be especially effective involves highlighting the economic benefits of energy efficiency. Some of the economic and social problems Europe is facing due to the ageing of its population are offset by migrants arriving from outside the bloc, many of whom are coming to escape climate-related problems in their home countries. And as we saw in our last episode, even people in certain parts of Europe are finding themselves increasingly at the mercy of extreme weather events. These can potentially cause population shifts with Europe itself. But those living in some other parts of the world face even greater climate related threats. Milis Nine, a migration expert from NGO Mondo, points out in an interview with Mart Waldner at Estonia's Kuku Radio. While there
2: are more options in Europe, when we look at challenging regions like the Sahel in Africa, where we see the population doubling over the next couple of decades at the same time as soil fertility drops some 30-40%, to 40%, we see that continuing like this is not possible. However, whether these people have enough means and information to embark on a journey is questionable, especially one beyond their region. Now the question is how much we, internationally, recognize the need to help those most vulnerable. From the point of view of carbon footprints, our footprint here in Europe is significantly higher than, for example, a resident of Uganda's. So there is also an ethical question to consider.
0: In our already warmer world, rising sea levels, accelerated desertification and more frequent fires and floods are going to make it harder and harder for many people to access food and water. For this reason, EU experts now regard climate migration as a major geopolitical risk. Such crises will be severe in the countries of origin, but they will have demographic consequences throughout the world. As Europe generally faces a lower threat level than other world regions, it is likely to be the destination of choice for a large number of climate migrants, especially those coming from the Middle East and North Africa. Of course, the arrival of large numbers of migrants will up the pressure on Europe's services and infrastructure, which could in turn lead to conflict over our inevitably limited resources. But as we have just heard, our responsibility as a major polluter compels us to help those most vulnerable. And we must accept, says Portuguese sociologist Jean Craveiro of Radio Renaissance Cristina Nascimento, that a wave of so-called climate refugees is a foregone conclusion.
2: We have to
0: We have to prepare for environmental refugees. We're going
2: to have waves of environmental refugees. I don't know if, in the meantime, the world, Europe, Asia may find infrastructure and aid solutions for these countries precisely to prevent this volume of refugees. Hunger, Fear of what's coming, fear of climate change, fear of contagion, fear of disease can dominate environmental conflicts, which are totally unusual, unexpected conflicts with great disruptive power and the risk of collective violence."
0: Keen to lead by example, the European Union aims to support these more vulnerable countries to build up their climate resilience. It has therefore deployed vast financial and human resources to this end. In 2021 alone, the EU and its member states contributed more than 23 billion euros to the fight against climate change outside Europe, making the bloc as a whole the world's largest international climate donor. Of course, this strategy is also in Europe's own interest. By helping these vulnerable populations today, we can ensure that they have a future in their own countries. Thank you for listening and make sure to come back again in two weeks time for a new episode of our Green Deal podcast.